what's up? I'm Amanda Costco, and you're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, a podcast exploring the intersection of fashion and technology. Hello, hello. We're back to our regular programming. We have an exciting episode for you today, which I recorded a month ago and have just been dying to share with you. On today's show, I speak with JJ Wilson, the co-founder of Kitten Ace. But first, a catch-up session. Hey, how you doing? For those of you following me, you know I've been in Europe exploring what's going on in fashion tech in different places like Berlin and Copenhagen. I was in Finland for Printocent, an industry conference on the future of printed electronics, to deliver a talk about fashion and the fabrics of the future. I also gave a keynote speech at InnoFest, an innovation festival. If you read Finnish, you can check out coverage of my talk in the daily newspaper Kaliva. We've posted a link on Electric Runway. In Stockholm, I had the chance to sit down with Frederick Timur of New Labs. New Labs is the company behind Automat, a toolkit for enabling the creation of fashion tech and interconnected everything. Find out how Automat wants to bridge the gap between fashion and technology. Coming up on the program in a future episode, my interview with Frederick Timur of Automat. In Copenhagen, I was interviewed by the European publication Eurowoman. The article and video on that should be out later this week, and of course we'll post links to Electric Runway. In Berlin, I spoke at Fashion Tech Berlin on wearable tech in the future of fashion with a specific focus on how the body is being represented when we look at consumer wearables. We have the recording of that talk up right now on Electric Runway. Check it out. For those of you not already following our adventures on Instagram and Twitter, we're electric underscore runway. And if you like, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Amanda Costco and Instagram at Girl About Toronto. If you want all fashion tech all the time, stick with Electric Runway. If you want behind the scenes snaps and some random pictures of my dog, that's my personal account. I'm so looking forward to sharing with you some of the companies and designers I've met along the way. Keep tuning into Electric Runway for the latest in fashion tech. We'll be sharing interviews, podcast recordings, photos, and more that we captured on our European adventure. That's all coming up. Now, on today's episode, I want to bring you into the present moment, but just for a second, because as always, the Electric Runway podcast is always about looking forward. So let me ask you, what's the future of fabric? It's something I think about a lot, and it's something we've been talking about on this show lately. In today's episode, we continue the thread, pardon the pun, of technical textiles with a very special interview with J.J. Wilson of Kitten Ace. Kitten Ace is a family company, the same family who brought you a little brand that you may have heard of called Lululemon. Lululemon started off in 1998 in Vancouver, Canada, with a mission to bring high-performance fabrics to the masses. 18 years later, the company reports 350-plus stores and more than a billion dollars in revenue. Now that Shannon and Chip Wilson have successfully outfitted the modern woman on evenings and weekends, the family has turned its attention to daywear with their new venture, Kitten Ace. Kitten Ace borrows Lululemon's knack for high-performance fabrics, but brings with it a new approach and aesthetic. Higher-performing fabrics make sense if you consider that the modern woman doesn't spend her days reading in the drawing room or crocheting. No, the modern woman is up at the crack of dawn. Before work, she walks her dog, exercises, or drops the kids off at school. Maybe she even does all three. Then there's her commute. She battles traffic for hours or is up against a sea of subway commuters. 
All day she's at the office negotiating boardroom presentations and meetings with the boss. Maybe she is the boss. Forget it. Maybe she's not even in an office. Maybe she's like me and spends more time on airplanes than in her own apartment. Maybe she goes from a 10-hour flight straight into a keynote talk. It's what Kit and Ace calls a full-contact life, and it requires fabrics that can keep up. Here to tell us more is J.J. Wilson, Kit and Ace's founder and the son of Chip Wilson and stepson of Shannon Wilson, founder of Lululemon. And we're rolling. You ready to go? Yeah, fire away. Awesome. JJ, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be on it. So most people are aware of your first family business, Lululemon. For those who don't know, fill us in. What is Kitten Ace? Kitten Ace really is what our family's next generation of really, I would say, evolution of athleisure. Really, we saw how Lululemon transformed how people wore their lives to work out in. And what was missing for us was really that technical proprietary fabric that had functional and technical properties that people love so much about their athletic apparel that we really wanted to see in our clothing for our real lives. We found that we were in our in our athletic apparel all day, every day, because it's what we really wanted to be in, because it provided comfort, it was ease of care, it actually had enhanced technical properties to it that, in our opinion, really elevated how we lived our lives. So for us, Kid Ace was really the next evolution of that. And it's really taking those same principles and technical proprietary functions and properties and building them into clothing that you would wear maybe more from nine to five. Right. And so tell us about technical clothing. What is it and how is it different from regular clothing? Typically what we found out of our clothing that we were wearing when we weren't wearing our athletic apparel or our technical athletic apparel was that it really didn't keep up with how we wanted to live our lives. There was, there was, care properties that we really didn't feel like supported how we were going and moving throughout our day. It tilled, it shrunk, it torqued, it didn't have stretch, it didn't have the simple things that athletic apparel might have like breathability, um, even as far as advanced technical fabrication like anti-stink, antibacterial or antimicrobial. And really for us, setting the bar as being different to start, which is what we started with in the last year and a half, two years, has been really ease of care, so machine washability and dryability, movement, which is really what we focus on. So all of our seams are considered, so we're looking at where seam placement is on the actual garments themselves so that you're really not having any seams that are bugging into you under your arm that are getting in the way or restricting how you move, as well as breathability. So we've actually built in certain elements of the fabric that breathe on their own. But we've also added eyelets or ventilation pieces where maybe on your body you're, you're building a lot of heat and you need to release that heat, but in a subtle and elegant and designed way that it's not really sort of in your face. So that's sort of how we started. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And I noticed that a lot of your clothing positions itself as tech-forward language like wash-and-go fabrics, bounce-back technology. From a textile standpoint, how do you consider yourself a technology company? I think we're, we're really at the beginning stages of what we want to offer. When we first developed technical cashmere, it took us about a year and a half to develop that fabrication. And the research and development that went into it really was back and forth with our production facilities, back and forth with our cashmere manufacturers based out of Italy and, and some in Japan. We're actually sourcing cashmere from the beginning out of legitimate farms in Mongolia. And, you know, for us, it was really about 
all of our our understanding of how we built and managed technical fabrications, typically in synthetics, which is really what occurred for us at Lululemon, and then how we were taking those same principles like adding stretch, adding lycra, adding washability to it so that when we were blending it with mobile fibers like cashmere, we were able to keep the authenticity and integrity of the cashmere, but also build in those spectacle elements that we really feel add value to the garment. And so how are you actually embedding these solutions into your fabrics? Are they materials developed internally or are you working with partners? Both, actually. All of the fabrics that we've commercialized, I think to date we've actually built almost 150 proprietary fabric blends. In our showrooms and online today, we've commercialized, I believe, just over 50, something like 52. So all of those fabrics and those blends and those really what I would call interlaces of technical and noble fibers are all designed here. They go back and forth between our manufacturing partners. We have amazing, amazing facilities all around the world. And it's sort of an evolution for us, so we're always looking for the newest and the best fabric. We're always looking for the newest and the best technical, functional advancement with how we can blend it into what our current product offering is. So today I would say what we have is really just the beginning of, for us, what a big, long future of technical fabric innovation looks like, and and that includes both internally, proprietary, and with our partners. Great. I'm really, really excited for what you guys are doing. So, JJ, we're hearing a lot about smart fabrics these days. Why do you think the conversation now centers around performance when it comes to textiles? This is is interesting. I I have an interesting opinion on wearables, and you talked about this earlier, but really how wearables have been such a big conversation in our world today and that's slowly shifting into actual technology being built to the fabrications that we're wearing. Part of the reason why Shannon and I started Kitnace and really why Shannon developed Technical Casual to begin with is because we actually looked at how we were living our own lives and we sort of call our own lives full contact, almost like it's a sport, like a full contact sport. And we're going from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. We're traveling, we're on the road, we're making time for meetings, we're commuting, we're making time for family, we're making time to work out. And what we really wanted was we wanted to have our clothing and our smart fabrics actually add value to what we were or how we were living our lives. So I think really how smart fabrics and the evolution of smart fabrics has occurred is really there's a demand for it with how people are living their lives today. And I think that the technical advancements in how people interpret what they're wearing and how fabrics are really coming to the forefront in innovation themselves with things like antibacterial and blending silver within it, people are really excited about it. It's adding value to what they're wearing, and it's no longer just a plain cotton T-shirt. People are looking for more. Yeah, and it's interesting that you bring up how this conversation of wearable technology has sort of surfaced this larger conversation around textiles. I would also argue that companies like Lululemon have elevated consumer demand because now we've seen what really high-performance textiles can do for us. And I don't think there's any going back because of, you know, like you pointed out, these conversations of wearable technology, but also brands that have really changed standards. So I want to talk a little bit about Lululemon for a second. What lessons did your team bring in from that company? And then what would you say is entirely new? I think from a technical fabric and innovation point of view, we're fortunate in that really Shannon, who is uh, obviously Chip's wife and also a co-founder of of Kit Nace, is first and foremost a technical fabric designer. She is an incredible fabric designer and has all the passion in the world that goes into it. And she's also an athlete. 
And I think that in her evolution in time at Lululemon and building the Luan fabric family and designing technical fabrics for different types of sports really allowed her to bring that education and that technical end of fabric development into Kitne. And that's really why we started Lululemon in the first place as a family. Is we were athletes, chips and athletes, and the intention was really to provide something that didn't exist in the world as it was at that time. And to your point, it changed what people wore and how people thought about their clothing, and the same intention existed for Kit Nates. So I would say the most important thing with what we brought from Lululemon was our love and passion for technical fabric design. I think what's new is really the world is thinking differently about how their clothing functions and how they wear their clothing. When we first started Lululemon, nobody understood technical athletic apparel. It was still a little bit foreign. We really had to convince people as to what the benefits were of a black stretchy pant that breathed and stretched and wicked and was machine washable and, and so on. And now that there's an educated standard for how people's clothing perform to a certain extent and people are looking for solutions, it's been an interesting transition for us going from saying, hey, this is what we have, are you interested to, this is now what we're doing, it's really exciting, and you already have some context for what it's about. Yeah, it was interesting because I was in the store in San Francisco and the girl there was telling me that a lot of people coming in are aware of the relationship with Lululemon and are already educated. So I think that makes it an easier sell because your customer gets what you're trying to do. Now, Lululemon spawned the athleisure movement. Every woman I know owns, wears, and loves a pair of Lululemon pants. And of course, here in San Francisco, where I'm recording from, you see them everywhere. It's like a uniform here. What's the one item you hope to install in everyone's closet from Kitten Ace? We, we initially set out with our initial fabric, which we deemed technical cashmere. And our intention at the beginning was really, Shannon and I were looking for the perfect t-shirt. And we had found the perfect fabric that had the, the softness of cashmere, the stretch that we were looking for in a t-shirt, and the durability of something that was going to last longer than a few washes, so it wasn't going to shrink, torque, or pelt. And that's what we were looking for, and I deem myself a little bit of a t-shirt junkie. All I do is buy t-shirts, and I found that every single t-shirt I washed ended up looking a little bit like a crop top on me. <laughs> and we set out to really build the perfect t-shirt, and what occurred during that process was as we started to diversify our product line and our product offering, that we really saw our consumer, or what we call our guests, gravitating towards our bottoms, because really where people are looking for that enhanced technical functionality is really in their bottoms, because that's where their legs are moving, that's where they're running, that's where they're commuting, that's where they're looking for that real added value of stretch. And I also think that a, a consumer is willing to invest more in a pair of technical bottoms than they are to invest in a technical top. So I think that we set out to create the perfect t-shirt. We did that. There's still lots of opportunity for us to continue growing along that trajectory. But what we're seeing a shift in for our business is really technical bottoms and everyday pants that take them from their morning workout, you know, on their way to the office, office all day, out to dinner, take the kids up, like a full, full contact pant. Yeah, I have to admit right now I'm wearing your mulberry pant as we speak and I have only had them for less than a week and I've worn them two or three times already and I absolutely love them and want to get them in every color already so I can see how people are gravitating towards the pants. Now I want to talk a little bit about content because Kitten Ace is taking a very story oriented approach to retail. You have a magazine called The Brief, you have lots of content that you put online. I'm interested to know 
Who is Kitten Ace speaking to and what's the story you're telling? And further to that, what do you think the relationship is between content and commerce? Okay. I know, that's a lot. I'm sorry, JJ. (laughs) This is a full contact interview. Maybe maybe I'll start with really who we're building our content for. Okay. And for us, it's really been a little bit of an evolution. And I look at how we grew Kitnate as a business. And we went from one store two years ago to today, 53 stores. And we went from, you know, a a t-shirt product offering to a full product assortment with bottoms and accessories and midweights and layers and outerwear and in the same evolution that we've seen our products take and maybe the move as an example from t-shirts to bottoms we've really seen that in the content that we've created as well at the beginning a large part of the content intention was really that it was celebrating our stores one of my biggest fears about growing this quickly was i didn't want all of our stores to show up cookie cutter or the same I was really excited about what we were doing. I wanted everyone to have access to Kitnates and I wanted to build up brick and mortar stores because I love retail and so does Shannon. And we didn't see the evolution of digital or e-commerce really compromising brick and mortar as heavily as I think the world did. I think we feel very strongly that the social element of going shopping and experiencing a brand is so critical. And the intention behind the content was really to find a way to offer that same experience but online. And for me, it was about how can I tell all of the individual stories around how we're building out our stores because each of them are a little bit unique. 35% of our stores are built by the local community or creatives or designers or furniture designers, interior designers, et cetera. So a huge part of our entrance into the market was really telling that story. And that was a huge part of the content that we were building. On top of that, we had named Kitnates Kitnates really because we didn't, we didn't actually have a name for the company to begin with. And what we had done is really built out who our muses were, and we said that Kit was living this kind of life on the West Coast, she was a young professional, and then we built her male counterpart and named him Ace, and it was really the muses that allowed our business to have alignment into what we were creating as we scaled so quickly. In order for me to share what we were creating for the world to both my internal growing team at Kitnays, which is now over 400 people, and to the external world that's experiencing my brand online, was really to what I called meet kit and meet ace. It allowed me to sort of say, hey, this is who we're making our product for. They're living a full contact life. They're going from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. just like us. They're traveling and they're demanding the same type of product. And it sort of had everyone go, oh, okay, I get it. Like, this is actually who our consumer is. And this is the market segment out there that kit and ace is building that doesn't already exist. So on top of that, I would also say that what we have in terms of our product offering is that it's a technical product and that we need to find an outlet online beyond just product description pages to really share the story behind what was going into the product, the evolution of technical cashmere, the evolution of our technical fabric, the technical and functional properties that were being designed into each and every individual style. So those three things combined really spawned the evolution of the brief to start, which is our online digital magazine. And I would say as a part of that evolution, And as a part of the evolution of our product and our stores and our growth, we've shifted that to really focusing on what we call the undercover athlete, the person that's living a full contact life and is really looking for the same technical and functional properties in their everyday apparel that they can't find that's similar to their athletic apparel. So you talked a lot there. No, that's I'm appreciating everything you're telling me. And I notice when you're speaking your passion for retail, I share the same passion. I love shopping. I love the social experience of it. I also do a lot of 
perusing online before I sort of plan out my in-store experiences. So it struck me that what Kitneys was doing with storytelling online is sort of like the hook to pull you into the brand, but you really want to go into the store and feel the pants and try them on yourself and see what else is being paired with it in store to get the full experience. I also noticed on your websites that your stores are listed as showrooms and your you know your map has this feature where it's like a meet the neighbors section where you can actually mm-hmm. look at different restaurants and cafes in the neighborhood. Is this a part of the play to make retail locations lifestyle destinations? To a certain extent, I actually wanted to call our shops showrooms because of the evolution of Omnichannel and that sort of paired experience between online and brick and mortar. And almost in the same way that you just talked about how you go online to sort of pre-plan out your brick and mortar experience, I think that the same goes for maybe someone who's just cruising or browsing and they want to go into a store and they want to look and see what they have and then oftentimes it's the reverse where they actually go home and purchase online. Mm. And I wanted to sort of mirror that both online and offline. So I actually call our shop showrooms because often I feel that how the future consumer is showing up is such that they're going in to look and cruise and feel the fabric, understand the technical innovation behind our product, and then go home and purchase online. And I don't want, I don't want those to be two separate things. I'm trying my hardest to get to the point where that online offline experience is 100% seamless and we're getting there. It's taking a long time. We scaled really quickly and we're sort of like working through those bugs, but the intention is really that it's a seamless experience. And for us really showrooms being that it's a technical product and, and really our guests need to feel it and try it on and understand the technical evolution of, of what the product's offering. It's, it's interesting. Your vision of the customer of tomorrow has a lot more self-restraint than I do because your vision of the customer of tomorrow goes in, feels the fabrics, and then goes home and shops online. I, you know, go into the store, feel the fabrics, and then I have to have it right away. So <laughs> I think they're both uh, valid ways to shop. But They're both valid. A large part of how we built out the majority of our showrooms in 2015 and early 2016 was really like a pop-up model. I mean, a lot of the showrooms that we have are sort of temporary spaces and the intention is really that they're there to test the market for long-term viability. And and I really do treat them like showrooms. Yeah, it's interesting because I saw one of your pop-ups in Toronto early on and that's what planted the seed in my head about what is Kit Nace and I wanted to learn more. So it's timely that we're speaking now. JJ, just a couple final questions for you and then I'll let you go. Why do you think it's important to be a lifestyle brand today? I don't, I don't necessarily know if there's an element of why I think it's important. I think that who we are as a family is such that we're only really interested in building brands that have more than just a product offering. I think that for us, it's about how we were living our lives. And it was the same thing with Lululemon. It was about really elevating the world from mediocrity to greatness. And with Kit Nace, it's the same thing. And it's about how we can save people as much time as possible in, in their shopping experience and in their lives with the apparel that we're creating. And I think that how we see living life really showing up in, in our brand and the product that we're creating. And, and that's really what we're passionate about. I don't think I would be passionate about building a brand that doesn't really have a lifestyle around it. And so how can people stay in touch with Kit and Ace and follow along? Well, we have all your standard social media channels, so Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, as well as kitnace.com. You can sign up for the update, our e-newsletter. So there's that. And then, of course, to be honest, I think the best way is if you live in a city where there's a Kit Nace, go into the store, 
introduce yourself to the, sh the showroom team, and if you'd like to have a relationship with them where they send you a note about what's happening inside the store, sort of what's going on with events. All of our shops, I treat, our showrooms, I treat like venues. So there's events happening in our showrooms almost weekly, and they'd love to have anyone there. So go in and, and meet the team, and, and they'll even fire you a text message or an email if you want to know just personally when new product is coming into the showroom around the corner from your house. But, I mean, and anyway, you can also reach out to the service, which is our, our customer care center, and they'll connect you with, with anything that you need, whether it's a showroom, a, a person on the floor, an educator, tons of ways. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. No problem. It was really nice talking to you, and, and I hope to chat again soon. Yes. That was my conversation with JJ Wilson of Kitten Ace. Thank you so much for tuning in. back next week where we'll be sharing our roundup episode from fashion tech berlin i'll be introducing you to some fantastic designers bringing fashion tech to market in the meantime you can check out my latest article for wearable on eight companies to watch from fashion tech berlin the link is up on you guessed it electricrunway.com that's it for today's episode until next time here's looking towards the future All guests on the Electric Runway podcast are recorded with permission. Music from today's episode by Jeff Kale and Andrew Applepie.